Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And what happens in one's life if he or she breaks through the illusion of separation we call death? Having a near-death experience? Many have been impacted by this life-changing event. And for my guest today, a sudden opening of consciousness occurred. It was the start of a profound and transformative journey, allowing her natural psychic abilities to fully manifest. Now, seeing beyond the veil, she brings messages from the divine. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind and heart, and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce our guest, Sarah Wiseman is both a spiritual teacher and an author and has reached tens of thousands of students worldwide worldwide through her books, courses, podcasts, blog, and music. In addition to being a top contributor to Daily Ohm, Sarah is also the founder of Intuition University, hosts the popular podcasts Ask Sarah and Spiritual Psychic, and writes the Daily Divine blog. Welcome, Sarah. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. What's it like to be on the other end of interviewing when you are used to having your own show and podcast? It's always, (laughs) it's been a great surprise to see uh, how other people do things and the types of things they're Uh, the questions and what they're interested in knowing about. It's been fascinating. I bet it has. Well, I have a traditional first question here on the show, and I always like to kind of ground our conversation in a bigger perspective. And so I like to ask our guests if you can share with our listeners, what does All Things Connected mean to you? Oh, All Things Connected is, uh, I guess I would call it one of the mantras of my own belief system as well. This idea that we're all not just not only connected, but we're all each other. We're all so non-separate that we're one, I the words I would use, one collective soul together always, which is a pretty, pretty amazing way to look at uh, this life and our experience here. I love that. I love that. Um, we talk about an undivided whole a lot in in my circles. And when I was reading your book and and hearing how you were talking about your experience of of these realities and your multidimensional existence that that you've really grounded into here, you've, you have a great book. I was excited because it's like not very many people use the language that you used when you were just speaking that now. So I'm ready to Mm -hmm. unpack that. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. But let's start with your story, Sarah, because I think it's important to kind of like blanket this conversation in where you're coming from. You haven't always been a psychic or intuitive, but you had a near death experience. Can you tell us about this? Yes, thank you. Um, So this did happen a a ways back, but I do consider it the 
marker or the marking point when everything when everything changed. Um, back in 2000, I had a an experience on a plane. Now, obviously, we didn't crash. We didn't. No one passed, but um, we didn't know that that was going to be the outcome at the time. And what happened for me was this um, intensive emotional trauma where I had that experience of seeing my life before my eyes. And I also had the experience in that moment of really knowing for the very first time, even after decades of religious upbringing and so forth, I really saw and felt the radiance of spirit or of source. I, I, it was palpable and real to me at that moment in a way that I hadn't experienced. And that was this cracking open, that great radiant energy just cracked me open. And after that event, things were different. I was intuitive suddenly and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with that. And I began to, um, have a spiritual outlook and I didn't know what to do with, with that either. It was an astonishing opening all of a sudden from that one event. And that was the starting point of my journey to sort of figure out what's this all about? What happened? What does this mean? How do I live in this? And so here we are almost mm. 18 years later, uh, journeying on that path of discovery. Well, be before we, we move to the end of this 18 years, I'd love to hear what was that like when you said it was the sudden thing? Like, what did that mean in your life? All of a sudden, what was happening? Uh, I think the, the way I would put it the best, because it wasn't, I, I think a lot of people talk about um, dark night of the soul, but what we tend to maybe not understand is that you can have a dark night of the soul immediately after a spiritual awakening um, which is what happened to me because you no longer fit in the life you used to have. And so there's a lot of letting go of the identities you had and the ways you used to live. And so nothing, nothing fit for me. Um, I didn't fit in my marriage at the time. I didn't fit in my work. Nothing's <laughs> I didn't fit. I was sort of like a soccer mom and a Catholic and none of that fit for me. And it was like, well, all my identities are kind of gone except for that of being a mother. And so now what, now what? And, and that was when I started, I started to explore, I started to meditate and, and do these other practices to sort of gather more information and figure out what was happening. Hmm. Well, I um, really have to commend you on this book. It's, it's really quite delightful. It's, I'm I'm holding messages from the divine wisdom for the seeker's soul. And if anyone out there is wanting to learn more about this journey, you speak to so many different topics. How many topics are even in here? I'm going to open the, the table of contents. 66, 66 different lessons. And they're in different themes. And it's really exquisite. It's very easy to read a couple pages each. And wow. So uh, would you mind for our listeners, I'd love to hear what your understanding of consciousness is, and the soul, and how you would define each of those, because you talk about consciousness and, and consciousness of all that is. So I would love for you to kind of set that into your understanding. Yes, thank you. Um, Consciousness for me means an awareness 
that is not of, I'm going to call it the mind, ego, personality, the mind slash ego slash personality. It's a more diffuse, expanded awareness that isn't coming from our thoughts. And so one of the places I often feel consciousness um, in a way that I'm aware, like, oh, I'm being conscious, <laughs> is uh, I often feel consciousness when I'm in nature and you're just kind of standing there and you maybe sense the rustle of the trees and the rustle of the wind and suddenly your thoughts aren't there anymore. You're just part of, you sort of dissolve into everything. So that's how I would see consciousness as awareness that doesn't come from the mind. And then as for soul, it's kind of similar. I think soul is the um, the container of our consciousness or soul is the noun and consciousness is the verb. <laughs> I guess soul is the hmm. being and consciousness is the action. So they're kind of the same thing, but uh, hold different positions. But soul is like we're in a car and our mind is the is the chauffeur that kind of drives us around and our body's the car itself. And then in the back of the car, the, the big fat cat in the back, that's the soul who's really directing where we're trying to go. It's like the chauffeur is like, let's go to the pizza place. And the, the soul in the back is like, no, we have much we have much bigger things to do with this with this <laughs> lifetime. Interesting. So. You know, there's there's conversation about the personality, separate self, ego. Um, you know, some were under the. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna prescribe this for you. I'd love to hear your opinion about this. And some some say it's time to let it go, and some people say it's time to integrate. And how do you? What is the role of of the psyche, the personality, the the separate self? Yeah, the I think, <laughs> yes, I think it's time to, to kind of like do both, like to to let it go. The parts that aren't, aren't um, directing you wisely or to where your your highest potentiality and also to integrate and just embrace this beautiful gift of I sometimes call the ego the personality because that fits better for me. But, you know, our personalities are these beautiful gifts, just like our bodies are these beautiful gifts. And learning to work in tandem, you know, we're learning to work in tandem, but not letting the personality be the true leader. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. So um, you talk a lot in the book about moving from separation to oneness. And what does what does that mean? Can you say more about that? Yeah, I think. Um, let me just think how I want to put this. Uh, well, today today is actually the day the book comes out, and I have been feeling a lot of. Um, I'm pretty busy today, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm, I'm I, I start to feel this spiral of the mind or the personality goes into the stress mode. But that's the mode of feeling separate from the universe or separate from everything. When in reality, um, my busy, my particular busiest busyness today, which is more, more unusual for me, or um, the different things that are going on, they're also part of the grand uh, unified field or uh, deep connectedness of everything. 
even that part uh, that we tend to get anxious about is 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 not separate, or we tend to maybe we have relationships where we feel angered or upset with people. You know, of course, we're not separate from those people. Uh, it's just like there's nothing there's nothing that's not um, completely interconnected because we're not only connected, but we're that idea that we're one, we're one together. Mm. Thank you. You, I, I really appreciate your storytelling as well. And you just began by talking about your day and how literally, you, you, you know, stress can pull us into these lower frequencies. You mentioned in the book that, you know, life and being human and being in a body pulls us down to a lower vibration and we are all of that. So I really appreciate you talking about moving from separation to oneness and all that is. So maybe you could talk a little bit. I feel like I'm just asking you tons of questions here. Like, Oh, I want to hurry and talk about this. And this. <laughs> but I, yeah. I love how you talk about vibration as well. And literally how our culture can influence our vibration and and you talk about darkness can you expand on that yeah you know it's interesting so we're all one right and but that doesn't mean that all of the oneness is operating at this highest (laughs) most gorgeous frequency at all moments being all one not in this book so much but in other places it's like the idea of it's like we're the the good the bad the all of it all together in in this sort of beautiful uh, uh, multi-vibrational state. Um, so, I, 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 refresh me on the question again because I don't want to. I want to. I think I lost myself. <laughs> I lost myself in one miss there, so I have to go back to that one. Oh, we were talking. I was asking about vibration, and then you you had talked about how culture even really affects yes. that, and and yeah. our beliefs. I think that's a big topic that we could dig into. Yeah, well, we're so you know part of this new society that we're in is that we have more connection with each other through um, social media and the internet and so forth. And on the one hand, that's this amazing thing that's you know allowed a lot of us to connect all over the world and to raise consciousness, say, about women's rights or um, gender rights or all human rights, you know, it's lifted us up because we can connect to each other. On the other hand, it's created these uh, sort of paradigms of pockets of group thought that are low vibration. And group thought is when um, a whole lot of people attach into a a a group thought system or a belief system and it may be correct or it may be um, incorrect, but the group energy is so strong, it's really easy to get attracted into that. So say um, racial division, that's an example of some, some group thought that is not correct. And yet it's so easy to attach to like this side or this side or this side or this side. So we're really seeing a lot of this um, group thought swirling around in part sort of weird, but in part because we've been more, we were more connected. So this idea of darkness is um, looking at these places where we get attracted to group thought and we follow along without looking, you know, does this match my 
higher self? Does this match my higher vibration? Am I just going along because everybody's going along, mainstream culture is going along? It's what I'm seeing all the time. And we have to really examine that because a lot of time it is quite, it is quite dark. It is quite negative. And we have to look and see where our attraction is to, you know, those types of um, energy fields. So what do we do with the darkness, Sarah? You give us several suggestions in the book of, of really how to let go and re- release a lot of these limiting beliefs or misbeliefs, you call them. What would you say to our listeners? I would say the first thing is to think of yourself as a soul first beyond any other identification. So whether you're, you know, um, uh, I'm just going to mother or daughter or worker or sports lover or whatever, you know, political affiliation. Let all the identities go and just think of yourself as infinite soul leaning toward light. And then when you sort of look at that, it'll be easy to see these, um, the darker energies, I don't know, it's just very easy to identify them, you know, the addictions and abuses and, uh, um, you know, pornography and racism and all of this slew of stuff that is so prevalent in our culture. It just, when you, when you consider yourself as soul first, the darkness just appears like, ugh, why would I want to why would I want that? that? That's not helping me to be an expanded being. That's just dragging me down. So vibrationally letting go, like when you see yourself as a soul first or experience yourself as a soul first, um, and you really take that bigger picture understanding of, of your whole self connected, it's almost as if you can create this distance of seeing those lower vibrations. You can see those those poles and those attractor fields of group thought. I like how you say group thought and misbeliefs. So you, you also talk about that a lot of this, um, a lot of these wounds that come from that and the the tyranny of our minds a lot of these other things will weigh us down as well what's your prescription for really releasing that and and being free from that that tyranny of our minds well the the human experience is um at first as we're kind of working through our um discovery of ourself as soul first instead of personality first there is a ton of struggle like we might have struggle around you know relationships or around our body or around addictions or all the ways we can struggle as you start to connect into say the the guides or you start to connect into letting the universe guide you more again those identities sort of drop away and you just don't identify with the suffering in the same way you used to. It's almost like you can be stuck in a pit of mud and you're in the mud going, ah, or you can, you can take the more soul view and, and sort of be looking down at yourself stuck in the, the pit of mud and knowing that, oh, you're going to get out of that pit over time. And, and we don't have to, we don't have to um, suffer from the experience as we're having it. We can take the bigger perspective and trust that 
you know, suffering and bliss are this kind of wave motion that we move through and sometimes we're up, sometimes we're down and so forth. Um, everything tends to move toward equilibrium over time. Mm. Thank you. So, Sarah, in, in your journey over the last 18 years, you've learned how to live from separate self into living from the soul. What was your journey like over those 18 years? You know, you're you're developing these skills, you're, you're learning that your whole life as it was doesn't fit, so you get to co-create a whole brand new life. What is it like for someone? One of the parts of my experience was about midway through the journey, I ended up moving, um, actually soon, longer than that, uh, I ended up moving into the forests in Oregon. I live pretty, pretty deeply in the, in, the, in the woods, actually. So, so that was, you know, I grew up in uh, Seattle, West Coast. I grew up in the city. To move into the country was like entering like living in another country to live rurally. Mm. And the isolation um, was, sometimes we talk about people going in a, into hermitage or, or going into retreat. And I didn't understand it at the time, but that was part of what the universe had me do is to go separate for a little while. Now, I do, um, I have uh, four adult children. And so during this time, I was very actively raising them. But I had that little buffer from the bigger world in which to kind of just like walk around and ponder some of these ideas, you know, like I'd drive someone to their activity <laughs> and I'd come home and, and sit under the trees and sort of think, well, what is the soul anyway? And, and I just had that little extra boost from nature to kind of help me sort out some of my thoughts, um, which was very, very useful. I also began to teach intuition. And, you know, as they say, um, the best way to learn something is to begin to teach it. And as I began to teach people, I, their questions would come up and my questions would come up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to check that part out. And um, just sort of sifting and sifting and sifting through. How does this make sense? How does this work? If I try and meditate this way, what happens? If I try and reach the guides this way, what happens? It was just this big uh, sort of laboratory of experimentation and exploration while at the same time kind of being on that householder path of raising kids and being in a family and so forth. It was a very busy, busy, uh, busy time. And, and uh, a lot of understanding came from then. Mm, nature is good medicine, isn't it? Mm. Mm -hmm. I can just see that forest as you're talking about it. How beautiful. Yeah. So what are your psychic abilities that turned on and how did the how did these books come through? I think this is this your third or fourth book? It's beautiful. It's my, yeah, it's thank you. It's my fourth um uh channeled book and it's my seventh or eighth, depending on how you're counting, um, just book book. So I have been writing for a while. This book, um, this book was channeled. By that I mean I received it in meditation, and so I I literally wrote it in a like kind of a really mild meditative state, but with my eyes closed on the laptop, and so I would just go sit 
um, th- this particular book came through in the early morning, which is not my <laughs> not my favorite time, favorite time to be up <laughs> doing that. But that's when it came through, and so I would just go sit, and it would come through, and it really came through. Somebody asked, like, did you put it together after? And I realized it came through uh, completely start to finish all in one piece, not all at once. It took several months, um, uh, but it came through, it came through all in one unit. Um, and that is sort of how the channeling comes through for me. Mm, beautiful. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, there's so much more. I'm going to give you a few quotes from this book. We're going to talk directly about some of these small little lessons that are in here and so much more with Sarah Wiseman. We'll be right back. Meditation Channel. Non-stop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul, calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. Hi, this is Maria Menunos coming to you with some urgent news impacting families across America. Studies reveal that one in five children in America are struggling with hunger. That's nearly 16 million children who may not know where they're getting their next meal or if it's even coming at all. These kids need help and they need it now. But the good news is there's more than enough healthy food in this country to ensure that no one ever goes hungry again. And that's where the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks steps into the picture. They're out there every day collecting surplus food and helping to get it to children and families facing hunger. But they can't do it alone. Find out how you can help support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Wildfires burn millions of acres each year. And each year, wildland firefighters like Fire Chief James Hall battle to contain them. But they can't do it alone. A single ember that escapes from a wildfire can travel more than a mile. It can ignite and destroy your home, your community, or more. That single ember can be just as dangerous as the wildfire itself. But you can do something firefighters can't. You can act now to prepare your home and your community for wildfire. You can reduce the risk. Do your part. Go to fireadapted.org. Get fire adapted. Learn what you can do now to reduce wildfire damage later at fireadapted.org. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Learn more at fireadapted.org. Women now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. Harvard Medical School has now opened its doors to new female applicants. The first woman is now in space. 
the majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Be the change you want to see in the world. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. I'm here today with Sarah Wiseman, and her book is Messages from the Divine, just out. And it is a treasure trove of wisdom and guidance for you. So um, you can check out Sarah at sarahwiseman.com. It's S-A-R-A, wiseman.com. Oh, Sarah, welcome back. And I... Uh. I wanted to just begin with this quote from your book. There's lots of them. Um, my listeners know I highlight my books. <laughs> I've got a lot of I got a lot of highlights in good books, and um, I just wanted to share this one to start kick off our second half here. You write the natural progression of this spirit-led, heart-open way of being is connection with all. As you open your heart, you become fully connected with everything. All creatures, beings, energies, entities, matters, dimensions, the all of it. <sighs> so, of course, you like this all things connected piece. We're, <laughs> we're in the same frequency, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, so true. It, so, you know, yeah, it's that quote is, um, I find myself at, at the beginning of this journey that idea was something that I was trying to find. And now, more often than not, I won't say it's 100% because then I would, you know, <laughs> float off into the etheric realm. But uh, but I would say that m- much of the time I'm in that state of, I guess, maybe some people might call it beingness. And I think that's what's what happens when you just begin to focus on yourself as soul and just take it one step at a time from that perspective you connect and then and then from that connection you find yourself connecting more and then from that connection you find it happening again and then pretty soon you're like oh i'm mostly connected most of the time um and it's it's increasing and that's kind of one of these beautiful parts of working with the universe is like connection brings more connection brings more connection. Mm. I like how you said working with the universe. Say more about that because you write a lot about really listening, tapping in, getting guidance. There's there's so much in the book about working with the universe. Yeah, I think for me, um, I work with uh, guides. And um, when I started to work with guides, that's when my life, even after, you know, the near-death experience and so forth, but when I started to connect with the guides, that's when things started to change. Now, not everybody likes to use that term guides. You could just say connecting with the source or use a different word, but 
um, when I began to receive guidance from the universe on what my next steps were, instead of me trying to figure out my next step, just when I started to let the universe lead me, I found that I was being led to (laughs) way better decisions than if my brain personality ego was trying to make up the rules or trying to run the show. And that takes a certain amount of surrender to just be like, oh, I'm going to let the universe lead me when our whole society is saying, do it yourself, make your plan, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's a very different path of no path, just being led. And I found that's where it all began to shift and change for in my life. Yeah. And you talk a lot about the role of the heart. This quote talks about um, the heart open way of being and, and opening your heart. You become fully connected with everything. Help us understand the role of the heart. Well, the book says, um, and I, I love this so much. It, it says the heart is where the soul resides. And I don't know, I, I sometimes, you know, have this really sort of childish view, like the soul is sort of hovering over our heads, uh, you know, like some little cloud, <laughs> cloud in the divine <laughs> space. That's, that's not, you know, that's not how it is. But, but what the guides kept saying was that the soul is in the heart. It's in your human emotional space. It's in your ability to feel everything. And like you were saying, not just, you know, to feel all of it, to feel the entire um, aspect of everything, to just feel it and be with it. And I think that that's one of the gifts we have as humans is that we have this emotional capacity and uh, we have this deep, um, we can feel deep love and we can feel deep compassion. And even if we're suffering, we can feel this sense of, of hope Um, kind of like welling from the heart as part of our healing and as part of our our, um, releasing. It's a beautiful, beautiful aspect of of being human. Well, you just touched on my favorite lessons of the book. So I'm going to share my favorite lessons and have you talk about them. Then I'm going to ask what your favorite was and if you were surprised. But my favorite, you wrote in one of the last sections – I think it was some direct knowing maybe, but you write about radical releasing, radical compassion, radical gratitude, and radical intuition. And I'm saying it that way because you use this word radical, and I think that is an important piece here because you're not just talking about releasing compassion, gratitude, and intuition. So tell us more, why radical? And then let's talk about each of those radical releasing compassion, gratitude, and intuition. Yeah, you know, I don't know, because sometimes for me, it's a little, little, because this work is channeled. So there's me, Sarah, as the person, and then there's me, the channel as like the tube or the conduit it comes through. So I've never thought about like, why is it radical? I didn't assign that word radical that (laughs) came through. (laughs) So, so I'm like, why did they say radical? Um, Radical means, you know, important and intensive and big. And so I think the idea is trying to be, it's not just a little um, mamby pamby releasing. It's like, like if you're going to release something like, like, 
radically release it with full emotion, with the full sense of the heart. If you're going to have compassion, like go big, have like the big compassion for everyone and everything in your life and for yourself. If you're going to have intuition, like really radically go for it. Um, radical as in it changes you as you enter, as you enter the each of those states, you're changed because the action is so radical. I think that's what it is. It's that intensity of those things. Yeah, it was almost like this all-inclusive, like like you're going to do all-inclusive releasing. You're releasing these old wounds. You're releasing the the blocks. The you know you're and and I love that. But the compassion piece, um, if you think about all-inclusive compassion, the thing I really appreciated about the lesson on radical compassion was you're inviting or the guides are inviting us into compassion for again all things all persons the whole of all of who we are so we're looking at our neighbor as ourselves we're looking at maybe someone we don't get along with as ourselves we're really jumping into this radical compassion for everyone whether you agree with them or disagree with them, whether you like them or don't like them, compassion is this all-inclusive good medicine. Mm. And and compassion not only for other people, but also, you know, for ourselves, which um, that is often the basis of that whole idea of, of self-love and self-esteem. And it's like we have compassion for for others and for ourselves to be part of the human experience, which can be, you know, very up and down. The, the other part about that is I don't think that the guides are talking about just having compassion, say like in this lifetime, the book is all about the idea that we have many lifetimes and, and we inhabit many dimensions. And so I think this idea of being radically compassionate means you're compassionate for others. You're compassionate for your, your parents, your grandparents, your ancestors, your past lives, your future selves, like the whole, all of the ways the soul can be involved in the human experience. You're compassionate for the whole interconnected thing beyond time. Yeah. And and the earth and all the creatures on the earth and all the experiences on in this earth plane. So thank you for clarifying that. I think that's really an important piece too. So Sarah, what is your favorite lesson of the book? <laughs> I'm thinking about that. And I think that uh, one of, I'm not sure where it is, but it's sort of the idea that um, uh, two things, failure is a part of your experience, which I love because I like to um, challenge myself the the Sarah as the personality likes to challenge herself and and so of course when you're challenging yourself a lot you're often failing a lot too which is just part and parcel of of trying trying new things and I think that idea of uh, the beauty of failure um, failure looked at as an idea of of trying and expanding is such a beautiful, hopeful piece instead of failure looking at a part of, um, you know, you're a loser or these, these horrible old, old paradigm ideas. And I like also the idea that everyone's learning, everyone's learning the lessons they're here to learn. I think it's called you choose your curriculum. And that gives the idea that 
we don't all have the same lessons in a lifetime. We don't all have the same soul lessons. We each come in with different things to learn. And so that really takes the pressure off um, being judgmental about another person and like what their path is or trying to like in inverted commas, fix somebody or help somebody. <laughs> it's like, we don't need to do that. We just need to have compassion that we're all souls on the path and just trust that the universe has things well in hand. I don't need to worry about say my son learning particular soul lessons because the universe is helping my son or I don't need to worry about my husband learning his particular soul lessons because the universe is in charge of him, not me. And that's enormously freeing in terms of relationships. Um, and, and in terms of, yeah, in terms of his relationships, especially. Mm. You know, I, I'm just mindful in this moment that we, we still don't have the language to really speak about what you and I are trying to speak about today, you know, because the mm -hmm. universe and your husband really aren't separate, but they are separate. And, you know, he has his personality separate self and you have your personality separate self. So just trusting that that same universal intelligence that's guiding your life and your lessons is in him guiding mm -hmm. his. And it's just, you know, I think we're all working to develop this language, but sometimes it trips us up because someone can say, no, wait, now you're talking about separation again, but we're yes. really not. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. And I think sometimes one word that could be used is like, we're unique souls, but we're also collective souls or collective soul, like, or the idea of um, if you have a, a little cup of water, you can take one drop out and that could be each of us. But then if you put the drop of water back in the cup, it's all water. That's, you know, unique, but together. <laughs> Separate, but one. It's very, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe as we evolve as humans, we'll, we'll get some different language for it. Yeah, I think we will. And your book does a really good job. Um, you know, there's, there's so much in the book that is you know, it simplifies it. And I, I love how you use some stories at times and, and what have you. So how about, let's, let's ask, um, did anything surprise you in this book? Oh, I'm sure that, let's see. I'm sure that things surprised me as they came in because sometimes I was, I was really, I felt like I was asleep when I was typing it. Like I wouldn't have a recollection I'd, I'd get that nudge to get up and go, I would sit on the living room sofa, but a lot of times I just type away and then I'd just go back to bed and I didn't really pay attention to a lot of what it was until later. Um, I think that the idea of peak experiences was interesting to me because that's something that I've experienced quite a bit bit of in my life. And I don't know that, um, I don't know that everyone has had a lot of peak experiences in their life. And so that was an interesting part. And that talks about these times and spaces when you're, when you're doing particular activities, or maybe you're doing nothing at all. And you'll just kind of have that sensation of like, you just dissolve all your identities aren't there. You're just that like piece of consciousness, I guess. 
And I think that that surprised me that there was so much attention given to that um, in the book and some of the ways like they were talking about uh, music can open you or nature can open you or some of the other ways. And I, I thought that was an interesting part. Mm. Music, nature, all of those things. I, um, I have to share one of my favorite pieces besides the radical in here was uh, speaking my language, speaking of language, not really being, um, clear and coherent of what we're talking about, you do have a beautiful section on becoming the beloved. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's just like, it's just even saying becoming the beloved is, it's just ugh, yummy. Can you speak more about becoming the beloved? Yeah, the beloved is is two parts. So, so Rumi uh, talked about the beloved and Rumi, the poet, Rumi used the beloved as the idea of the lover, but also uh, he used that idea of the idea of uh, the beloved as the beloved as the universe or the beloved as God. And this part came at the very end of the book. And the idea of becoming the beloved was two parts. One, learning to love. And then the, the more key part is learning to like let yourself be loved like to be loved, to be the beloved is to allow yourself to be loved and not just by people, but by the idea that the universe, and that means like everything, nature, events, synchronicities, energy, everything you can put in the big kettle, <laughs> that's the universe. It's all loving you back. And I think that idea that the universe is communicating with us but the bigger idea, the universe is loving us back. And that is just, my heart just just cracks open from, from that idea. I, I feel like I go into like a mini bliss state even right now, just thinking of that, like we're being loved back, all of us, all the time. And we are, we are that which is loving us back, that idea of that oneness again. Mm. How might we experience being loved back? Well, I think going into those states of, they talk about nature and music and sex and uh, stillness and meditation. And I think sleep might be in there too. But again, that idea of just letting go of, not even just letting go of the to-do list, but just letting go of all these identities you know, we think we're supposed to have and just sort of paying attention to what's, what's really around us. I mean, even, even right now I'm in a little tiny little office and everything's sort of, if I, if I'm paying attention to, I have the image as an author, that's silliness. But if I pay attention to like, oh, this beautiful little office with some of these crystals and, everything's just kind of vibrating in this super friendly, lovely way. I just can kind of feel into that and it shifts. I don't know. It's just a whole different reality to experience. Mm. Well, that reminds me of another thing that you talk about in the book is everything is a miracle. And when you tune Mm. into that, 
you know, looking around and feeling the vibration and seeing your crystals and being in this space. It's like, what does it, what does it mean that everything is a miracle? Well, and, and I think um, one person had the comment, like, well, what about, you know, when we have trauma in our lives and so forth? I, I do, I um, have experienced quite a bit of, of trauma, and I, I still would maintain that everything is a miracle. There's always, I'm going to use that phrase, there's always God in the room, uh, no matter, or there's always, you know, we're always part of the universe. Uh, we're always part of the great nowness of everything. And this idea of the miracle is we can't get separate from it. You know, sometimes we want to get separate. <laughs> we want to get separate, but we can't. And that's the that's the most beautiful thing of all is like we're infinitely, we're infinitely one, not just now or not just this lifetime, but always forever, forward and backwards, upwards and down, always. Mm, beautiful. So, Sarah, so many of our listeners out there are in tuned with this conversation that we're having, and and that everything is a miracle, and and we're talking about this. And you you developed the full manifestation of your psychic abilities once you went on this journey. It is is this a natural progression of of living living from the soul? Are we going to develop more and more psychic abilities? I absolutely think so. I think that um, spiritual uh, exploration uh, opens you intuitively. And I also think intuitive exploration opens you spiritually. It's it's um, the same path, different ends. But I think anyone that's doing any kind of spiritual practice, whether it's a little bit of meditating or nature walk or journaling or praying or, or whatever it is you're doing, he, he, Reiki, um, your intuition is opening right along with you. And all it just takes is usually a couple little tools and um, you can use that very, very simply to connect into the guides or um, guiding visions, whatever, whatever aspect you want to encounter. Beautiful. Okay, so before we close today, I would love to um, just open the invitation here. If there's anything else you or your guidance really wants to say and express to our listeners today. What's coming for me is this idea of surrendering to following the universe instead of um, trying to like create a plan and and need to know what's ahead and i'm i'm wondering dr julie if maybe i'm just saying this the guys are saying this to me <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to for everyone else Sarah, here's what you need to have it you know just like that continual surrendering like like just follow the state of the universe sending you everything all the little synchronicities all the miracles all the understandings just be aware just let this be your path and you will be guided to exactly where you're supposed to be in this lifetime and the next. And then the only other thing I'd love to say is that for those who are interested, I do have a free um, 11 week online course that goes with this book that they can get on my website for anyone wants to kind of be a part of this. Uh, it's like a book club study guide. So that is an offering that goes with the book too. 
how does that work? Because really this book, you could read it from cover to cover. You could pick it up and read one lesson at a time. How does your study guide and your online program work? Do you well, guide that experience? It's 11 weeks. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, it's a self-study, but I am deeply uh, act, active with it. Um, you can start it. Uh, we're starting one big group on Thursday. And after that, I'm going to open like a second group that'll be um, for people that sign up later and they'll just work at their own pace. So they'll, we'll have two kind of groups going, but uh, you can just go to sarahwiseman.com and um, it's right on the front page, how to sign up for that. Okay. Excellent. And what's next for Sarah? The release of the book is here and now. What's next for Sarah? Well, um, I'm doing a, a West Coast small tour, Seattle, Portland, uh, California, and Denver. I'm not coming out to where you guys are quite yet. but uh, And then I, I don't know. I think, I think the idea is that the universe is going to um, take me along. I'm going with on the Beyond Words is my publisher. We're going to go to Sacred Egypt on a tour and we're taking folks there that's next year so I guess that's a really big thing but in terms of uh, books I I don't know yet I guess we'll wait and see um, uh, when I'm woken up in the middle of the night <laughs> to go to the sofa <laughs> again and see if that see if that happens again how do you use your psychic abilities in your everyday life because you are you do readings do you do coaching what do you do uh, I don't do readings or coaching anymore. I do teaching. I have Intuition University, so I teach people. And then uh, as for my own practice, um, I, I do uh, my own intuitive practice um, at least once a day as a as a way of receiving guidance. Beautiful. Well, Sarah, this was a delight having you here. I so appreciate you sharing this divine messages with us here today and exploring this whole topic. Thank you so much. Oh, my great pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in today. If this conversation touched you in any way, if the topic moved you, if there's some idea or part of the conversation you feel would make a difference in somebody's life, I invite you to take just a few minutes and share it with others. And then, of course, if you feel called, sign up for my email list so we can stay connected. I invite you to be a part of this continuing conversation. My greatest hope is to introduce guests and ideas that impact how we experience the world and to make this an ongoing conversation, creating and inspiring connections that lift us all together collectively for the good of the whole. I invite you to participate in that level of involvement, co-creating the conversation and experience together. And now I want to leave you with some of Sarah's words. I love this quote. You are learning to love. You are learning to become the beloved, the beloved that is you loving the universe, the beloved that is the universe loving you back and so on and so on forever. This is your soul path to love and to allow yourself to be loved back by everything, all at once, always. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you again for tuning in. And remember, together, we're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. <laughs>